Hello and welcome to the Penguins Collective Podcast. My name is Louie. My name is Josh. And we are two brothers who love to debate about sports. Especially the Pittsburgh Penguins. The Penguins took on the Capitals and we finally won. We also have a fun episode for you today. Let's get after it. The Pittsburgh Penguins have won a game after seven long, brutal games. The Pittsburgh Penguins finally take away a win. They played the Washington Capitals in Washington. We won four to one. Josh, first reactions, go. Uh, Yeah, just great game. Started out a little sloppy, but yet still fast. Uh, Lots of turnovers, but, uh, you know, that's expected with the way Geno's been playing lately. And Letang. And Letang. Um, But uh, nice to see a change in the lineups. Uh, Dumoulin was sent, uh, maybe demoted, to the third uh, defensive Absolutely demoted. (laughs) You don't look at that and go, he wasn't demoted. He was clearly demoted as he he even said so himself i should probably play better yeah probably maybe next week yeah. you'll be in wilkesbury who knows start oh. playing a little better don't think he'll go that far but uh yeah it was great to see the mix in lineups uh it was also great to see uh the, the guys hold on to a lead and not surrender that's that. right not blow it in the third so, yeah that's true uh, that was that was good even though got a little hairy there after capital scored even though it was late in the period period in, in the game you just never know what's going to happen uh so uh just glad we got a, got the w tonight absolutely let's go over the scoring really quick no score in the first like josh said we played really sloppy in the first but opening up the second we had jason zucker with a very sloppy goal didn't deserve to go in it somehow magically squeaked squeaked in we'll take it We'll take it. We're up 1-0. Then Brock McGinn on the penalty kill takes the puck away, goes into the zone. Nice save by Jeff Carter. Brings into McGinn. He scores a very nice goal, shorthanded, 2-0. And then Jeff P- uh, Petrie scores another one, who's been playing really well today. He scared me when he got hurt later in the third, but he's all A-OK. He scored there in the second. Pens are up. Three to oh, we come into the third. Marcus Johansson scores a goal, um, and then we start to get nervous as Penguins yeah. fans. We're up three one. Uh oh, we know where this goes. We're probably going to lose in overtime. That's not the case. Jake Ensel scores an empty netter. We win four to one. Pretty even, I would say. The shots on net. You, you want to see more in a goal, a game four to one. Um, only 28 to 25. But so. I, I will say, I felt like the block shots were a higher emphasis since Casey that is Smith true. was That is that. true. I feel like they were trying to protect him a little more. Yeah, mainly because they didn't want to blow a lead and they also 100%. didn't want to, uh, you know, lose yeah. another game because then well, we would have been really in trouble. And we we didn't have Jari in that, so. Yeah, weird choice by Sullivan, by the way. Hey. Really it paid off, so he's a genius. Paid off. All right. Well, we'll get into it, but that was the TPC Quick Game Recap.
guys, we have a fun episode for you. For the first time ever, we have a guest on the Penguins Collective podcast. Lifelong Cats fan, owns his own hockey company, Christopher DeVore. Thank you so much. I'm honored to be here. Uh, yeah, all those changes that you guys have been pulling for over the last seven games, I have been pulling against because I knew you guys were going to be meeting the Capitals and that something like this might happen. But regardless, fun to be here, fun to talk about it. So thanks for having me. Yeah, welcome to the show. It thanks was a little us. weird. Yeah, it's a little weird to adjust to having like someone else on the podcast as me and Josh have always been kind of just doing it in a certain way and then having you on here we had to collab a little bit a little differently which i kind of like it's kind of fun to have you on and kind of have someone to see how we do things it's it's been a little different i like it well it's been fun for me i was thinking about it coming on here though that like i'm probably not your ideal caps fan to yell back at you you know what i mean like <laughs> i feel like i'm a very reasonable caps fan when it comes that's to right it, i'm like yeah yeah that was a rough game yeah they probably struggled a bit there like <laughs> i'm not gonna be like hold your tongue you know what i mean <laughs> but, it, uh, but that's good maybe so, that's what so what so what are, what do you think you know obviously you guys didn't win tonight so you didn't play the best but you did kind of start off pretty good so so tell me like how do you think the cats did how do you think they played against the penguins from a, a cats perspective i mean i'm not surprised at all if any team is going to let the penguins off of their seven game losing streak it's going to be the caps no i mean <laughs> you knew i think we all knew going into the game it's going to be a good matchup it always is i feel like it's rarely yeah. a blowout as you said the caps came out strong i feel like it was a pretty fast first period and then we were, we were struggling to get a lot of offense going towards the second half of the game, which was, which is a bother for us. Uh, we, of course, we have a change in the roster, which we might get into a little bit, or a lot of changes going on in the roster, but it is what it is at this point. And with, I think the expectations aren't super high with where we're at, but regardless, you want to beat the Pittsburgh Penguins when you got a shot at it. That is true. That is true. And I mean, I think it was the same for us as like, the, on the pen side, you got to think we had seven games that we were losing. We're coming up on the caps. This was the game to win. If we had to, if we had to win, like do or die, people are getting traded after if this wasn't going to work out, it had to be against the caps, especially if the caps had like no one on the roster, which I had no idea about their whole entire roster is either like half dead there's something going on with them what's going on with the caps what was it the number we were talking earlier what is it 40 million 40 mil 40, 40 mil of their cap is gone right now hey but i want to be fair here though no excuses like that at this time i want to say at this time in the year we're only what 12 games into the season <laughs> yeah, but, i think it but, is exactly 12 games in the season yeah <laughs> it's gonna happen like you're gonna play teams who are depleted we just happen to be depleted at the beginning of the season i mean there's no excuses uh that being said the lack of like the lack of having carlson there backstrom there wilson there yeah. I mean, you feel it you do but on the flip side of that coin, we get to see some new faces coming in who are a lot younger, a lot faster. Like, there's some trade-offs there, and I, I think it's entertaining to watch. So, it's there's no excuses. It's still professional-level hockey players. 
Yeah, is there anyone from Hershey that that you kind of that that you liked in on the Capitals tonight or? So one call up, and this one's kind of been blowing my mind. Sonny Milano. Okay. You know that he kind of danced around a little bit, so he was in Anaheim with Trevor Zegras. Then no one picked him up, and he's been playing for the Hershey Bears for like two weeks. And just because of our roster, like, let's bring in Sonny Milano. And he was playing for Anaheim last year. He's the guy who batted in that Zegras pass from behind okay. the from last year. Like, so he's one of the guys where I'm like, I just want to see him play. What can he do? And he was effective. I mean, obviously not effective enough to get on the score sheet. But actually, I take that back. He got the assist. I think he got the assist on the He did, get, did get the assist, yes. He did? Okay. Yeah. So, I, I don't know. It's been uh, It's been entertaining watching him call up some of these guys. That's good. I mean, you know, obviously with the rivalry of Pittsburgh and Washington, there has always been a rivalry with Wilkes-Barre and Hershey. I think even more so than Pittsburgh and Washington. But to see these young guys that always succeed in their parent club, you always you always find out that it's either from Wilkes-Barre or, or Hershey. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like these lifelong... NHLers, they're like, oh yeah, yeah, they were in their their farm team. Oh, who were they? Washington and Pittsburgh. Like these guys are the ones that have really good farm teams, and I think that's why it's such a good rivalry because not only are like the parents fighting, but the kids fighting at the same time as well. I think it's so good. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. And uh, you know, just to uh, just to keep going with Louis was saying, like every time we go to a, a Wilkesbury game. You know, it was always if it's Hershey, I mean, they're dropping the gloves from yeah. the opening puck drop. Just they have to get the aggression out against them right away, and there's no mercy either. I I, I recall going to a game where it was almost double digits, like it was like ten, it was like eight or nine goals against, and it's just like they don't they don't care. They're not gonna stop. They're yeah. it's Hershey. They're just gonna not let up at all. And they um, take that, and then they come up to Pittsburgh and Washington, yeah. and that rivalry continues. It's because they were fighting in the AHL. Now they're in, in the NHL, and those guys are good. Like, the only difference is, is, like, I don't see the level of um, growth in players that I see from Washington and Pittsburgh. I think those have the best farm teams, even, like, ECHL, I think, in, in the league. I think Washington does a really good job of that. Goaltending, well, especially for Washington. Goaltending, yeah, you're right on with goaltending. It's funny, though, and being, again, a lifelong Caps fan, watching them play the Penguins over the last decade, it's always been funny because when they're playing the Penguins later in the year, I'm just like, where did they get these guys? Like, Aston Reese, you know, when he came up. And there's like, there's, or yes. wasn't Gensel part of the program, too? Yes. Yeah, yeah, and I'm just like, we're, like, our farm system, we win Calder Cups. The Hershey Bears win Calder Cups, and I'm like, oh, bring them up. Let's see who we got. And like, it's okay. And then we're playing you guys in the playoffs. And it's just like, where did Gensel come from? Like, what is this? So your guys come up and they actually, I mean, they're impact players. Whereas I feel like the Hershey Bears, every once in a while, you get someone who comes up and it's solid. But I don't know what it is about the uh, Wilkes-Bear Scranton, or sorry, Wilkes-Bear Penguins who come up. It's, they always seem to be playing a role. Yeah. No, no you got, first of all, it was Wilkes-Barre Scranton. Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So but no, I, you're, you're, no oh. you're right. Because the laundry list of players that have accomplished so much 
coming from Wilkes-Barre Scranton. I mean, it's kind of yeah. gross. Like it really is. It's just like I'm. There's not enough time for me to list it. But yeah, you're right. The active players. I mean, it's Gensel, Russ, Aston Reese, like you mentioned, who's not Dumoulin. on the team, but Dumoulin, um, Chris uh, Latang. Yeah. Oh, like wow. Jari DeSmith. Jari DeSmith. And then, like, I mean, guys that are no longer there, like uh, Murray. Happening technically. Uh, like, <laughs> e- everyone. It's... I do love the offseason and watching them get traded away, I'll be honest. Because I'm yeah. just like, it's unfair <laughs> that you get six of them coming up and they all, like, are all solid. Well, you know I think I mean? that's like, the same. Yeah. That's the same thing with Washington. But the only difference is, is kind of Hershey kind of uses them to their benefit. Where, obviously, they're winning cups. Uh, but they use them as much as they can until Washington is said, okay, I've had enough. Give me those players because we want to succeed. Where Wilkes-Barre and Pittsburgh is more of a unison. As soon as the guy's good, Pittsburgh, he's 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 flying up to Pittsburgh. Like there's no, well, flying down to Pittsburgh technically. But he is he's going to Pittsburgh immediately if he shows any kind of promise. Whereas in Washington, I think Hershey kind of holds on to him a little bit longer. Like you saw that with Holtby, uh, which he was a phenomenal goaltender in the AHL. I think he won you guys a cup, a colder cup. Yep, he did. And he was phenomenal. And you would think Washington would say, you're up, come on. Like you did a great job. But I think they held on to him for a little bit longer than they should have, if I'm oh, not yeah. if I'm not mistaken. No, you're spot on. Yeah, they stayed for a while. And, and kind of to your point, it's always been, uh, I guess, a complaint of the Caps fan base to be like, give Connor McMichael some time. Like, the, leave him up there for more than two games at a time. But they do kind of push him back down, and maybe it's a maturity thing. I don't know. But that's always been a complaint. Yeah. But you win Calder Cups. I mean, ideally, you're winning a Stanley Cup if you have your <laughs> yeah. choice of them. But, yeah, that's been a complaint of Caps fan base probably at least the last five years. Yeah, I mean, I always liked the Hershey Bears only because as a graphic designer, they have the best hockey logos I've ever seen. You know, they do. And their color scheme, they're in Hershey. They got to be brown and a brown and a version of brown. So it's so (laughs) good. It's so good. And I'm not just I'm not making fun of them. I, I genuinely enjoy watching them play just because they are different from Washington. And I wish every AHL team did that, by the way. I know this is like completely different from what we're talking about, but it's I wish Wilkesbury did. It. I wish Wilkesbury had their own colors. I get it. They're the Penguins, too. So it makes sense that we're black and gold. But Hershey is brown and Washington's red, white and blue. I think it's super cool. And now, the reason why I'm saying that they're different, doesn't Hershey have its own I like um, old own entity, if I'm not mistaken? Like, do they have their own ownership group? Like, they they're they're affiliated with the Washington Capitals, but they're not owned by the Washington Capitals. That's a is that question. true? I, I don't know the answer to that one. Like, whether Ted Leones is this guy who's the fellow who owns a bunch of franchises in D.C. I don't know if he owns the Hershey Bears. That's a good question. Okay, because I know, like, obviously the Wilkes-Barre Strand Penguins is, is owned by the Pittsburgh Penguins. So and that's what I don't – that's like maybe that's why they hold on to their guys as long as they can and they win colder cups because they have a say, unlike yeah. Wilkes-Barre where they don't have a say because 
as soon as the goaltender is good, oh, he's up. As soon as the player is showing prop, he's up. So, you know, like we saw it with Pullen, Josh. We mm-hmm. saw it with Pullen. As soon as he showed promise, he's up in Pittsburgh. There was no injuries, no nothing. They just said, hey, bring him up. Let's see how he does. Well, you can go back as far as Gensel. Uh, he was, yeah. it was like beginning of mid mid-season of his uh, star AHL season, if you want to call it that. He yeah. rose to the leaderboard with the goals and then, boom, up in Pittsburgh, scored on that first shot against the Rangers and hardly ever went back to the AHL after that. Yeah, he did go down again, but then as like soon as he came sparingly. up, I think he was he was up to stay. Um, and I, maybe that's it. Josh, are you researching that? Is that what you're doing? Yes. Uh, yes, I am. Okay, thank you. Just because I'm pretty sure that Hershey has its own ownership group or their own situation. It is literally owned by Hershey. That so I was right. Hershey Entertainment. So they're they're not technically they're not owned by the Washington Capitals. So that's why they hold on to their guys as long as they can. Huh. Well, I'll tell you what. I I mean, well, and you make a great point. Like if Gensel goes up and he scores a goal. And then he scores a goal again, like, keep him up. I mean, as long as he's not an 18-year-old guy who needs to mature and kind of learn the league and learn his way, like, if he's scoring goals and he's making an impact, like, leave him on the team. Keep him up to the top level. And we just haven't done that to the same extent. Yeah, I know. I I just think for some, it works for you guys because you guys always seem to get under our skin. I mean, you guys are a dominant team when you guys get going. Um, just like like on your cup run, was it 18? On your cup run, you guys were unstoppable. Unstoppable. That, that's one of my takeaways. I mean, even from today, that's one of my takeaways. Like, if you get if you get Obi going, the big X factor on our team is Kuznetsov. Like, if he's playing, yeah. if he's holding the puck for more than three seconds, he is feeling it. Like, he's so confident. He, he, really, there's a flow. It is unstoppable. But if they're not feeling it, you can poke holes. And that's, now, that's how is Kuz, like, Kuznetsov has been in the league for a long time. It's like Ovi and Kuznetsov is like our uh, Sid and Gino. So how are they still playing to their full extent? Like, are they still flying? Or are they, have you noticed they slowed down a bit? Because obviously we're not watching them. So are they, are they still to that point of 2017, 2016? Or are they slowing down so that's a good point and the other one that i'm going to throw in the conversation is backstrom so backstrom, that is true that is true that's fair he's our left tank there you go <laughs> yeah 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 and then, look, in terms of personality and character like it's hard not to love backstrom i do think he's gotten slower he's lost a little bit of it but in terms he's out for an injury right now I, mean, I think he got surgery and so he's going to be out at least halfway through our season hoping to come back and be the old backstrom so he's he's one guy who I think has dropped off a little bit, and we'll see what happens with surgery. Okay. Ovi, Ovi's still a machine. Like the yeah. thing is, I think people have kind of learned Ovi's ways. They every team knows to look out for him, and so he has to kind of adapt his game. But he can still score. Like, I mean, a lot of yeah. times it's empty net goals. I will admit that. But there, I mean, he still can score from where everyone knows he's going to shoot from. So that's still baffling to me. Yeah. Over all these years. I don't know how many conversations I've had with Josh, but when you see Ovi on the face-off circle getting ready to clap a one-timer, top shelf, 
somebody get in front of him or go and check him. Like, I don't understand. Like, you know that's where the puck is going on the power play. I just don't understand. You see it. He does it against every team. And what defensive coach is not saying, oh, when you see number eight, go into the the faceoff circle. Go and tackle him because that's the only way to stop him from making that shot. I still, it's still baffling to me. It, I don't get it. I don't get it. But he, he scores goals. Yeah, yeah. Well, and I think some teams have figured it out. And obviously, he's learned to adapt. He's learned to, like, go go down to the far post and he'll move some of the defensemen around. And then you can pass it up to, like, someone on the point. He's sure. learned to move around and kind of be a decoy at times, too. But he still learns to score. I mean, he knows how to score. And so unless there's a team, and I'll give Pittsburgh credit tonight, who knows how to defend that power play well, I mean, he's still going to keep scoring. So he, yeah. he still has it to answer that question. He still has it. See, like the reason why I asked that question is because Sid obviously has been playing unbelievable this year. Um, I think he really has stepped up his own game, which is pretty, pretty hard. He's still better than Ovi. Don't care. We'll talk about that later. But when it comes to like Malkin and Latang, we've seen a major drop off for the last couple of years. Um, I would say literally the last two years. Josh, you could chime in anytime here. But when you have Latang making passes or not making horrible passes, excuse me, and then not defending well, you, I think we can all watch this game today. When him and Duma were together, they were making terrible defensive decisions. Don't get it. You had Gino literally handing the puck over to Washington and even on a power play. And it's just things where you're like, why you are supposed to be good. That is the reason why we brought you back. That's the reason why we paid you a lot of money. You're supposed to be good. We're supposed to win another cup. That's the whole point. That's the whole reason why we brought you back in the offseason. Why aren't you not playing to the level that you should be playing? Like uh, Kuznetsov and uh, Ovechkin. So I, I, to me, that's the reason why I ask. Because we're not watching the the, the Capitals. But for the Penguins, I don't, I don't know what's going on with our other two of the core that they're just dropping off. Sid is obviously playing phenomenal, but the other two aren't. Yeah, and that's the that's the frustrating part is that you you hope that these players, as they get older, they kind of learn to adapt their game. Like Chris was saying with Ovechkin, how yes, even though he still got a wicked slap shot from that faceoff circle, you know he can still do other things. And I feel like Latang and Malkin didn't really change their game much as they got older and they're now trying to adapt uh to the game differently and it's not really working for them uh i mean there was one play where Latang was uh i think it was the end of the second when they were like on that power play kind of um he like did like a slap pass to try to get it like redirected but like just shoot it yeah. Like, oh, yeah. I, I, yeah, I remember. You claim yeah. to be an offensive, defensive player. Just shoot the puck. Like, stop yeah. with the, the, the too many passes. Like, in the cute passes. That's the, the main passes. thing. Same thing with Malkin. It's the so cute bad. passes. Like, just stop. Just but look stop. how look how Washington did it today. Yeah. You know, like they were just like pat when they were on their power play, and where I honestly thought they were going to score on their power play, I would. They were passing the puck. They were they were making our defense shrink down, which yeah. was really good um, at, on Washington's point because they were just passing the puck in a circle, making movement going. 
Chris, on your end, watching the Penguins, I want to talk about what did you see? Like, were you like, oh, man, the Penguins played horrible today? Or what, what, what were your perspective of the Penguins? Because obviously we're biased. We're looking at specific things. As an outsider looking in, how did the Penguins look in your end? I think like the most frustrating thing to see as, as a fan and a spectator trying to watch your team, you know when you have flow. You know when you have some momentum. You know when you're like, okay, they're going to keep stringing some shots together. First period, beginning of the game, I was like, oh, I think this is going to be an entertaining one. This Because also there weren't a lot of whistles. We were moving. There's good flow That's going. That's true. Yeah. And then, I mean, and I've unfortunately, a lot of times this happens in the playoffs. It's like, why can't you get anything going through the neutral zone? Why, mm-hmm. where did that flow go? And I, I think that applies to any team when yeah. you get moving on it. And we start, we lost it through the second. You get, of course, getting scored on, you're going to lose some momentum. And we didn't really get it back till the end of the game, which of course is when you always get it back when you're trying to build, get your way back into the game. So from that perspective, I think you guys played pretty well, shutting it down once you get started getting a couple goals in. You shut down a lot of that flow until the very end, of course, when we make a final push for it. Man, we must just be pessimistic because I'm like, because <laughs> I'm like, the Penguins are going to screw it up again. Like, yeah. you know, so I, I mean, it's good to hear that. But for me, it's like, man, we, you know, we had our little flow in the second period, which was great. But then in the third period, we started, I would say halfway through, we started to dip. We started to play on our heels. And I hate when we play on our heels. And I'm sure from a, a, an outside looking in, they didn't look like that. But us knowing our Penguins, were like, they're going to score. They're going to come back. And of course, when they did open up the scoring in the third, I got nervous. I was like, here we go again. We're, we're going to blow it just because we're playing on our heels. And I was just surprised. And I, I know I, I know you're being like a, a humble Caps fan right now, but 100% you guys were beating on the Penguins in the first period. Yeah, there were no calls, which was lucky because if we did get calls, it would most likely be on us. Yeah. And you guys would have had like four power play goals in the first period. Yeah. Probably. Because you guys were playing, you guys were fast and you guys, and I, it's funny you mentioned the neutral zone. The Penguins couldn't stop the neutral zone from the, the Caps. They were just coming in hot into our zone and we didn't know what to do and we could barely get it into your zone. It was just so bad play uh, from from us uh, in the first period. Second period, I think it was, it started off even. Like, I don't think the Caps wavered at all. And like from all three periods, I just think the Penguins got better in the second period. Um, and like when you said, we get into our flow, we get into our flow. We're flying, we're making passes. When we're starting to block shots, the team is starting to get back on each other. Um, when we were down to literally two defensemen uh, in this hockey game, like that was absolutely ridiculous. So like the whole point of our, like our team stepping up for one another, I think that happened in the second. And I think when we got going, we got going. And then the third, we played on our heels a little bit, didn't like it. But I think Capitals played pretty consistent throughout the whole game, even with a lot of injuries. You guys looked pretty, pretty lethal. I mean, you guys could, you guys could have beaten us. I just think it was, we got ahead and we stayed there. I think that's what it was. I, I would agree with that. Like I wasn't upset with, well, <clears throat> and I, I think we, we might've been talking about this earlier in terms of my expectations with the depleted roster, kind of where it's at, but yeah, yeah. I wasn't horribly upset with the effort that was put out there. Again, there was a decent number of shots and everything. 
I think it was really, it came down to, at the end of the day, taking advantage of the opportunities that you could poke into each other's defense, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think at the end of the day, the Penguins were able to take advantage of a couple of those opportunities, whether it's a shorthanded goal or, or any of the other goals for that matter. And the Caps didn't. I think they took advantage, obviously took advantage of one, but they had other <clears throat> other shots at it where they could have. Yeah. Yeah, I I agree. I I think that's uh I think that was the big thing going into this game for me. I I wanted to see the Penguins take advantage of opportunities. And I, you know, one thing that I, I remember Louie preaching about last year, um, when you know we were having our struggles, he kept saying, get those dirty goals, get those sloppy goals, just get men in front, just throw the puck at the net and just something will happen. And I just feel like tonight, like, just get a sloppy goal and boom, there it was. Just there was tr- two of them. Trickled in. Yeah, just trickled two in. I, we'll take it. And then, like Louis was saying, halfway through the second, early in the third, the Penguins were just in their flow. And I think that's one of the reasons why that, like, we get so hard on the Penguins is that, like, you can see when they're in their flow, I mean, that's, that's a top five team in the league. Like, they... Like it's hard to stop. So when they start to not play like that, it's like it it's just hard to understand that. And I guess that's just from not being a professional athlete, because it's like, how do you just like not keep playing like that? Like, you know, like it just you have the talent, you have the ability, just keep Josh, Josh, not hard. Chris is not spoiled like (laughs) we are, okay? Look how many cups that we have to 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 keep on our shoulders you know look look at the burden of success that the penguins have to walk with capitals are just they're used to mediocrity you know oh, wow you're just dogging the guy you right know that you know they're used to it that's why they're like hey we could have played better but next game boys we're like that's right we do win because that's how it's done in pittsburgh i do have a question for you though chris what's, what's up, up? What's up with the crowd? There was no energy. Tonight. I'm pretty sure I heard "Let's Go Pens" at the end yeah. of the game. <laughs> you know, I'm pretty sure you did. Well, and that's—I what I mean, I don't want to say that's the problem, but yeah, you get up on a team and they're not putting any goals in the net. By the time they do, it's three-one. Yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, it hasn't got to the point that they're throwing jerseys on the ice or anything. And I think, again, I'm—I I'm, don't want to speak for all Caps fans here, but if you know the team, you know the team that we're putting on the ice right now. I'm. Personally, I'm happy if we're 500 halfway through the season and then we get some of our traditional guys back, the guys that we have in our top six, then we start to go on a little bit of a run. I mean, uh, of course, I want to be above 500, but if we're at 500 come January, I think we can still make it in the playoffs. And so, again, I don't know what the expectations are for all the fans that were in the building tonight, but yeah, if you go down 3-0, it's tough to really get excited at that point. Sure. No, I, I yeah. hear and end up being a, a Wednesday you know, middle of the week, just got done with work. Yeah, I hear, I, I feel that's it. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. Oh, well, I don't yeah, know. Like, I'm thinking of the alternative. Like, what would? Uh, well, it's no longer melon. PN or not PNC? Uh, no, no, it is PPG Paints Arena. Yeah. PPG Paint. Yeah. So the alternative, Caps go in there, go up 3-0 on the Penguins. It's it's normally. You know what? Hold on. I'm going to defend. I'm going to defend the Pens. All right. Okay. First of all, okay. First of all, you're you're in the Penguins podcast. First of all, okay. (laughs) Slow your roll. (laughs) The Pens fans, no matter if we're down three one, either our boos are going to be really loud in that arena, 
Okay? And we're going to be cheering on the pens if we're on a power play. I, I've seen it. We've been down. <laughs> hey, I've never seen an arena more loud when the Penguins have given up a 5-1 lead to the Boston Bruins to bring it back to go into overtime. That stadium was arena. It was loud. It was very loud for the Pens. So say what you will about Capitals coming in. They know it's a, a, a spectacle, even though we were we would be losing 3-1. Penguins fans would still be loud, regardless of what would be going on. You would not hear "Let's Go Caps" in PPG Paints Arena. I guarantee you that. I mean, unless I'm the one doing it, but yeah, yeah, no, that's a good point. <laughs> yeah, let me, let me throw a lonely guy in section 117. <laughs> How rich do you think I am? <laughs> well, I didn't want to dog you and say two seven. You're like, you don't think I have money? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, anyway, here, let me throw this question at you. So you always see, like, with the, you always see, but lately with a lot of Canadian teams, you're seeing them throw their jerseys on the ice. Can you imagine if the Toronto Maple Leafs just win seven games in a row losing? Like, I feel like you might see some jerseys on the ice. You saw, I think we saw it up in Vancouver already. We saw it a couple times last year. How has, yeah. how have the fans been taking it lately? Has it been uh, relatively quieter than it's, it's, it's mixed? I actually, oh. I actually saw a video. I forget after what loss. It was Oilers. It was, it was a, Oilers. You saw it, it too. Was, I saw this video. It, it was, was a good one. He was an Oilers fan or something. He was trying to be TikTok famous. There was one jersey. He was like, I'm going to throw my jersey on the ice. He threw it, and then Leon Dreisaitl picked his jersey up with the stick and threw it back at him. Yeah. He said, like, no, don't throw a jersey on the ice. We were in Edmonton. Yeah. I knew it was and on the road trip. It was on a road trip, and a Pens fan that isn't really a Pens fan because he's in Edmonton, and he <laughs> threw his jersey on there, and on the ice, and it was immediately thrown back. One person, don't let one stooge ruin it for the rest of the the Pens fans. But I think it was kind of a mixed bag with the last seven games. You had people like me freaking out, hitting the panic button. Then you had people like Josh who said, uh-uh, it's not a crisis until we hit 10 losing games straight in a row. Or it's not it's not a lost cause. The Penguins always win, right? You, you have those kind of two mentalities in the fran- in the, the fan base. Um, but I honestly, I, I guarantee you I'd put money on it. If the Penguins lost tonight, There would everyone would be hitting the panic button. <laughs> so <Yeah>. so <laughs> like it, it was such a needed win for tonight for the the sanity of Pittsburgh, not only because of the Penguins, the Steelers are not great and the Pirates are not great. So if Penguins were not great, which they have been consistently good since like 2006, thank you, Sidney Crosby, it was it would be terrible here. It would be a wor- a horrible place to live. But luckily, the Penguins won tonight. It needed it to, to cure the, the, the insanity that's been happening in Pittsburgh. So... No jerseys thrown on the ice of PPG Paints Arena. I will say, uh, your team, being the Penguins, and I believe even the Caps too, given the playoff history, has the luxury of saying if we lose seven games in October and November, we might still be okay. There's other teams, and like again, thinking of your fan base, there's other teams that don't have that luxury. If they're losing seven games in a row, that's true. Like this is our season. So cool, this is the way our season's going. But you know that you guys have the the core and you have the, the veteran core that's there to bring you guys back. And I mean, the Caps are the same way. Like if they were to lose seven right now, it would suck. But I think they can bring us back in time. Well, I think that's 
I think we're kind of coming into an era where those teams don't exist anymore. Like as a hot ones, like Penguins and Capitals, like okay. they have this veteran core that will lead them to the promised land no matter what. I don't think would name me another franchise in the NHL right now who could do that. Who has a, a, a core? Anaheim? No. They're, no, they it's, it's youth. It's it's there's a youth. It's all youth now. But yeah. see, the problem is, is that they don't have uh, experience in the playoffs, and then when they get there, they don't know what to do, and they get steamrolled. They well, get steamrolled. I mean, Colorado looked pretty good last year. Yeah, but they, see, what they right. did was they constantly build. They've been building towards this cup for what five years. But that's what. The, but now that's what everyone's doing. Look at Anaheim. It's not going to work. It's not going to work. I guarantee you a veteran core team is going to win this year. I think. Put, put it on the record. Wednesday, <laughs> November 9th. Louis claims that it's within November, the next five it, years. Oh, it's November 9th. That, yeah. That right. uh, Anaheim will not win a Stanley Cup. All right. We're going to circle back to this. <laughs> Today. <laughs> not this yeah. year. Not this year. Anaheim will not win. Josh, the best thing that got going for them is Zegras. And Zegras is like an all right player. He's good, but he's not great. But I don't think so. I'm taking us off Anaheim and back to real, real sure. quick. Thinking, yeah, yeah. thinking about Pittsburgh and thinking about the Caps. Sure. In terms of the veteran core, I don't think. Well, obviously, the veteran core can't do it alone. They need a supporting cast, and that's something the Penguins have always had when they've won. They've had a supporting cast, and the Caps is the they won. They had a nice supporting cast of younger players, skilled players coming in. And as you said, the, that veteran core, some of them are aging like fine wine. Some of them are not. And the Caps are the same way. So I, that that take on one of the veteran core, I could see one more coming before they're all done from one of those two teams. But they absolutely need a supporting cast of, of the young guns. That you is true. I mean? You're right. You're right. But I'm, what I'm saying is like the era of the mentality of having a, a veteran core with surrounding youth. I think yeah. now it's just let's get talent and let's go for a cup. Which I, I don't like. I like I like stability. Okay? I like when guys say, Oh, you drafted me, I'm staying here for the rest of my life. You gotta kick me out. Yeah. I miss it. Like Ovi, he did he he could have left any time. Didn't. He stayed in Washington. Sid, he ain't going anywhere. Gino, not going anywhere. Latang, not going anywhere. Kuznetsov, he 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 was drafted, right? He was. Oh, yeah. So Kuznetsov, um, I don't think Carlson, Backstrom, Ovi, they were there all, you go. all drafted. Those are like that mentality isn't there anymore in the NHL anymore. It's it's all about uh, well, let's go chase cups or I'm going to go get a bag somewhere else where I'm like, I don't like that. And you see it in sports all around us. But hockey was different. Hockey was always different. You know, and I kind of miss that because now it's changing because now everyone's like, you know, move in. They're talking about Austin Matthews leaving Toronto because he's not winning. And my mentality is like, he got drafted by it, Toronto. He's a great player. Toronto would be stupid to let him go. Oh, I don't stupid think they want to let him go. Well, you, you shove enough money in his face, he's <laughs> right, not going right. anywhere. Right, but right. my point is, like, Penguins always took care of Sid. Capitals always took care of Ovi. If they want to keep a veteran core like Toronto, 
they want to keep a veteran core, you're going to shove a lot of money in Austin Matthews' face to say you're never leaving Canada. You know? And I think you don't see teams do that anymore. They just see, okay, what's the most financial way we can win a cup? Well, I think that's kind of the issue that you see now with NHL. And I'm not trying to diminish the league in any way, but I mean, it's had its issues in the past financially. And it's still trying to, you know, catch up and play with the big boys like, you know, the NFL and NBA. So it this last year with getting, you know, the new contract with ESPN and TNT, huge, huge for the league. But they need to build off that. They need to build more so that these teams can have more money to spend. And I think that's why you're seeing more uh, movement with the players is because these other teams are having more money to spend. And they're able to just grab these great players from other teams and say, come with us. We'll go on a cup run. And yeah. it may work. It may not. You you don't know. But I mean, that's why you the the era of staying on the team that you're drafted with is kind of fading out because that used to be the most cost effective way. You keep them on the team, you give them the hometown discount and they just stay on the team. You kind of rebuild a couple times. But now it's it, pockets are deep now. When, where I'm kind of at on that one too, thinking about our veteran cores in terms of having a salary cap, like what percentage, say the 80, 82 million or that rough figure, is our Latang, Malkin, Crosby? Mm. What percent? And so, I mean, same with Ovi, Backstrom, Carlson, Kuznetsov. That's probably just shy of half of ours. Yeah, having, having those salary. And so, yeah, I think, I mean, talking about the finances of it maybe that is the reason for the change of culture too like you can you can throw 13 million dollars at austin matthews but you know your the rest of your roster might be moving around so you might not be able to keep a core around him to the same extent or you you got to be conscious about that decision at least absolutely and that yeah. was one of the biggest issues that we experienced this offseason you know crosby i i don't know if you know this about his contract chris is that he has religiously accepted only 8.7 million dollars <laughs> so all right yeah so well, back boy. when he signed his like 12 year deal i'll yeah. how long ago was that i don't know but it, i don't know it's like 2010 whatever somewhere around there he signed a 12 year deal no 2012 because he has two more years on his contract yeah simple two. math there you go yeah 2012 he signed a contract they were going to offer him like $16 million. And obviously that would have been the highest paid uh, player in the NHL at the time. He would have been raking in the cash, but he realized, well, we need to build around me. So save your money. And I have this weird thing about the number 87. So just pay me 8.7 million and we'll call it a day. Every year. And he got, he got bonuses. He got bonuses. Of sure. course. Yeah, but but his cap but, hit like his like what you see reflect on the the books is eight point seven million million dollars. Yeah, he but this take a cent more for that contract, which so, is unreal. Yeah, and that's where like this past off season was difficult because it's like 
you need to re-sign Malkin. You need to re-sign Latang. They're asking for, I think they were each asking for about eight million each. And it's like, how how do you give an aging veteran like that, you know, that type of money? Because you know it's a contract based off of what they already provided you. What it's they not accomplished, not what, what they they're accomplished. going to. Exactly. Yeah. So it's like it's it's hard because you know, like you were saying, that that much money is going to take up, you know, so much of the the cap, and you know, not able to build around him. But we'll see if uh, the Penguins, uh, the way they structure their contracts, if that uh, works out for them. We'll see. Right now, yeah. Any a little shaky. Any uh, contracts coming up? Big contracts for you on the Washington side, Chris? Oh yeah, I think uh, I remember. I think it was about a month ago. I heard that, that this might be our final go for it year in terms of we have a lot of unrestricted free agents. I mean, over half our roster coming up at the end of this year. So we're going to have a whole new look coming next year, which it's not like do or die by any means, because I don't think that's the expectation for the caps at this point, but it's going to have a different look next year. All right, cool. All right, well, hey, do you have any last comments on uh, this game with the Caps? Chris, Josh, any last comments? The one last thing that I'll add is that these teams love to beat each other up. And uh, you guys were playing with some forwards back on D, and we were playing with half our roster. And I, I personally, I still, not that I like seeing people get injured by any means, but I love that it's a game in the middle beginning of November, really, and they're still beating each other up, throwing yeah. hits, and playing a pretty rough game. And, I mean, it shows that they're still passionate about this rivalry, which is fun, because it, it, it did feel out. like a it did feel like a low-budget playoff game. Yeah. Low, Ooh, yeah that's that's good. good. Yep. Like, like it wasn't like, a, like, oh man, this counts for everything. But it was, it was more of like a like a, a desperation playoff game. You know what I'm saying? Like, just like, we'll take it. You know, it's one of these games in the first round that don't mean anything. It's like game two. Um, like, it's like, eh, whoever wins, it's okay. Like, we still got a long road ahead of us, but that's kind of what it felt like today. Because it, like, it was rough. You know, there was a lot of hits. There was, like, Ovi was, like, just throwing his body around today. Um, Connor Sherry, Old Pen flailing out that elbow taking off heads but um old wilkesbury scranton penguin too that is hey we can talk about that too that's right and um yeah it was definitely physical for sure it was definitely physical i think it's always when you play the caps i think there's still some some uh some unsettled scores there um and especially the media always hypes it up like tnt that's all they could talk about was sit against ovi that's like i like not anything else like they didn't even really mention the penguins losing streak they just said well they have the same points here we go and it was like yeah years later we're still here yeah it's like yeah i mean which is a good narrative i get it but it's it's my point is that's all they could talk about was the rivalry between them and they were hyping it up and hyping it up and hyping it up and uh i honestly uh, wonder if the both teams were more frustrated with their current situations with the Caps just being frustrated, like, where's our team? And the Penguins yeah. saying, we've lost seven in a row. 
than they were with each other, but it came out today. I think there was still a little bit of that grittiness that came out today. So yeah, I think to your point, I think it had nothing to do with them playing each other. I think it was just like Cavs were frustrated, Penguins were frustrated. It didn't matter who they were playing. It was going to be played the same way. So I think, yeah, maybe that's what it was. It just happened to be Penguins versus Capitals. But Penguins were frustrated, Capitals were frustrated. It was, but overall, it was a pretty entertaining game. The Penguins finally get a win. Unfortunately, Chris, your Capitals did 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 suck uh, when it came to scoring, which is fine. Um, all right, one last debate. Who's better, Sid or Ovi? This is where All I right, say. so Sidney Crosby's a better player. <laughs> well played. Well played. Good, good, good. No, this is where I say I'm a reasonable Cavs fan. They are. Uh, they have different skills. They, I, uh, If you would ask me this question like, I don't know, a decade ago, I'd tell you that Sidney Crosby sucks and Penguins fans can suck it, but I've become a very reasonable Cavs fan since then, and I have a lot of respect for the team as a whole and what he's been able to do as he's matured, that being Crosby. So different skill sets completely, um, not completely, but you know, enough. You gotta respect both of them at this point and just for what they're still doing and what they've done. I didn't so. say respect, Chris. I said, who is better? <laughs> <laughs> all right, well, I'm just gonna say Ovi and then I'm gonna leave the room. Yeah, okay, all right, that's fair. No, I mean, but see, here's the one thing that, yes, they're different. One's a, a goal scorer and I think one's like a playmaker. Does that yeah. make sense? I think Sid is the playmaker. He has more assists than Ovi will get in his career. Um, and then I think obviously Ovi has more goals than Sid will ever get in his career. But, but, they're, Sid now has taken the lead in points by one. one. <laughs> and he has played over what, 88, over 100 games less than, yeah. than o- Ovechkin. It's almost a so, full season and a half. So I just I just want to say there, Chris, uh, if Sid did play that season and a half, um, people would be like, yeah, Sid's better. So I just want to say, unfortunately, Sid got hurt. But if he didn't get hurt, they wouldn't be tied in points. Sid would be. Sid would be top ten. Top if ten. Of plus all time. one for Ov. Russian machine never breaks. You know, maybe that's what it is. Yeah. Ah, yes. uh, Russian machine never breaks, but he. Doesn't great points. I don't think I'm gonna no. win with this audience. I'm just gonna say. Well, no, I mean to be fair, Ovechkin is a, like he is a wonderful goal scorer. The way he does it to this eight to this day is is unreal. We were just talking about it earlier, how he's in the same spot every single time and he could score is unreal. Um to do it for what, eighteen years? And to just keep on scoring at it at his age is unreal. It's unreal. So you get like you said, you gotta respect them both. Personally, bias. We think Sid is better. That's fine. Hey, I saw Ovechkin cherry picking at the end of the game. Okay. Yeah, Sid doesn't cherry pick. He plays two hundred feet. All right, Josh, go ahead. Last comment. I have a follow up uh question to Chris on that one. Does he catch the great one? Oh, he does. He does. Yeah. I, I mean, he did. He his uh, most recent contracts for five years, and I think that's what he's shooting for. So, I I think once he's there, I mean, I, I know he wants to win another cup on the way, but I think that's one personal accolade that he's shooting for still. Pun intended. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Nice. Thanks. I I'm, I'm gonna say I don't think he reaches it. Ooh, Same. Ooh, hot take. 
I don't think not because he's not able. Not because he's not able. I just think he won't get enough time to do it. I think there's going to be a lot of contract situations where the the caps are going to same as the pens. Don't don't get me wrong. When when you start to see the Latang Malkin retire, and then it's obviously because I honestly believe what's going to come down to is Sid is going to be the last player on the Penguins, and Ovi is going to be the last player on the Caps, and they're they're just not going to be able to succeed anymore. They're still going to be good, but they just can't succeed. And I think Mal, uh, what what's going to happen is that he won't be able to score as much just because he won't have the opportunities, and he'll he'll come up short, but. But he he's gonna get close. That that's... he's a hundred he's a hundred off at this point, and just roughly a hundred off. And how many goals did he score last season? Uh, just shy of fifty. Yeah. It was... Oh, okay. So he yeah. might do. <laughs> I mean, it could be twenty twenty seven, but I think he's gonna do it. I mean, he'll, he's gonna. He, I think he's going for it. I mean, I don't okay. think he'll ever say it, but that that's fair. Regardless of Ovechkin and Sidney Crosby, I think we can both say we hate Connor McDavid. And we don't think he's a good hockey player. <laughs> yeah, I, I heard he's getting uh, sent to the AHL soon. I, I hope. <laughs> I hope. I hope. That guy's trash. Um, but, yeah. You're not experts to the podcast, clearly. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I, I just hate the media, how they always hype up. Like, they totally forgotten about Ovechkin and Crosby if they're not playing against each other. You know what I'm saying? Because it's all about McDavid and Matthews. It's like, yeah, but but Crosby had more points than McDavid. Just because the Penguins have lost seven games in a row, if they were winning, Crosby would have more points than McDavid. But no one's talking about that. No one says that. Ovi, same thing. But whatever. I guess I'm biased. I guess I'm old. Doesn't matter. <laughs> all right. That, that's fine. All right, Chris. We talked about hockey for like an hour now. You got to tell us how you started third assist. Tell us how'd you, how that even happened. How'd you get into hockey? Tell us your life story. Open your heart to this Penguins audience. So I, I can probably knock that all out in about 30 seconds. Um, <laughs> the, whole, the whole life story with, with two bullets, probably. Um, no, no. So third assist, obviously, that's how we made our connection with third assist hockey company. I uh, started that. I, I guess the background is I grew up in Alaska playing hockey and I moved to the East Coast, which I've always been a Caps fan, even when I lived in Alaska. Um, but anyway, when I grew up there, I would play outside because, of course, there's a rink everywhere you look. Every school, every elementary school had a rink where you could skate outside growing up in Anchorage, which was really cool. So one of the things growing up, though, I was always had the frozen hands and frozen feet, which is part of growing up. It's like thawing your feet out in your parents' like minivan just for the next two hours when you're done <laughs> skating kind of thing. Um, and so I was able to make contact with a gear manufacturer through some other project I was working on. And I was like, can you make me gloves for the outdoors? And I, lo and behold, he pulled off a, a small batch of gloves and I started selling them eight years ago now. And I've been selling outdoor hockey gloves, vintage hockey gloves, expanded into sweaters, into sticks. And yeah, yeah third, third Assist is up and running now. And and Third Assist has kind of like a, a vintage vibe. Would you say like it was, it's more uh, an homage to the old style of hockey? Absolutely. Yeah, I'm going more for the roots of hockey. I, I don't think I ever see Third Assist going into 
competing with Bauer or going in that direction or, um, or Warrior or anything like that. It's always trying to pay homage to some of the historic gear and where a lot of the new gear came from. So paying, paying attention to the, the decades that have already come. Yeah, is there anything uh, that people should be on the lookout for? Are you guys dropping anything soon, or are there any are any equipment in the works? You know what's funny? So I put out like a, some social media posts and some emails, been like, "All right, it's all in." And then I realized I'm like, I did not share everything. So I do have a couple more products that are going to be dropping over the next couple weeks, and uh, this is the beginning of our busy season. So November, I think we're finally starting to see some water freezing up, up North. There you go. Um, That's right. So yeah. it's, it's just kicking off. And normally we run through the end of February. So that's pretty much our season in terms of most of our outdoor gear and in, in the hockey season. Um, so yeah, it's just kicking off now. Yeah. I mean, I have a pair of, I know you guys can't see this, but I have a pair hanging up right behind me of third assist hockey gloves. I love the vintage look. I think it's super cool. Um, and, and also like, I don't know, Chris, if you feel this, but whenever I put like those gloves on and I'm stick handling around the house or whatever, I always like, I'm that I'm in the movie miracle. Like I'm, I'm, this is where <laughs> I'm at. So it's just, it's just like, it brings me back to the roots of hockey. I think it's really cool. Um, you guys have a killer website, which is awesome. Um, don't know who did that for you, but it was just, it was really, it's really cool to see that vintage equipment still being made today. Um, I think, I don't think anyone else does it. And not only that, you sell cool looking vintage gear that's actually, um, beneficial in outdoor rinks. You know, like you see like these Bauer, like kind of you know, Mickey Mouse products that they come out with for outdoor hockey, but yours is actually for the pond. Like it's created for you to, to actually enjoy outdoor hockey. So I think it's awesome. I think it's great. I appreciate it. Well, and that was one of the things too. Like I wanted to make something that was vintage and look cool, but also functional. Cause uh, obviously if I'm going to be playing out there, I want, I mean, sometimes I, I don't, I don't mind admitting it. Like, I can be soft when it's 10 degrees. Like I don't want my bare hands exposed. Yeah. So what, how can I get find a functional glove that's also gonna keep me keep the blood flow into my hands or something like that? Or whether it's using wood sticks, it's just it's fun to play with some of this older gear. So right there. So you like you can get wood sticks on your website. What can what can someone look like? Where do they go? What can they do? What can they find on on Third Assist? So yeah, on uh, thirdassist.com you can find. So gloves of what we've been making for the for a number of years now. You can find wood sticks, so just plain wood sticks. You can get them engraved now. That's something that we've started doing. Uh, there's state sweaters, so there's sweaters that reflect some of our big hockey states. And so Maine PA is, is coming, correct? PA's, yep, Pennsylvania's coming. Uh, that's new, going to be new in the next couple months. And then Maine is our top seller. And yeah, just adding a couple models every every season, which has been pretty cool. Yeah, that main awesome. sweater, I'm not going to lie, is pretty sweet. Not even from <laughs> Maine. Never visited, but that's a pretty sweet sweater. I think, personally, the Pennsylvania sweater coming out in a couple of months <laughs> is pretty sick. That's... Mainly because I helped design it. <laughs> well, that's, honestly, that's the trick of it. Like, it's trying to find – I'm not trying to go to the teams. I'm trying to find some historical elements that yeah. make it cool to stay in. Like, honestly, 
as a design, even so I have designers who help me out on it, but we don't live in those states. So it's finding people who live there and like, oh, this really resonates. So the main one was easy from living in Maine. I think that's why it sells so well, but it's finding some of these images and symbols that really resonate with the people who live there, which has been fun. I think like a lot of them, I'm like, wow, that hit better than I expected. And other ones I expect to kill it. And I'm like, all right, they're selling, but it's not quite what I expected. And <laughs> just try again. That's part of the fun of it. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. Well, that's awesome. Well, you guys can go uh, on thirdassist.com. Go support Chris. And uh, do you have any last words, Chris? No, thanks for having me on. Honored to be on the uh, the first guest on TPC. Yeah. That's and right. I, maybe uh, next Caps game, you'll hear me again, and we'll see how many people are like, don't have that guy back, the Caps fan. No, no, absolutely. <laughs> I was thinking, I was like, we need to have him on every single time we play the Caps. I think that would be awesome, especially if we see each other in the playoffs. Oh my goodness. You might get a less chill Chris then. I mean, I'll probably get a less chill Louis. That's what the people want to hear. That's what the people want to hear, Chris. Uh, But yeah, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, Josh, any last remarks? Uh, No, just a great episode, a longer episode tonight. But I mean, of course, uh, with having Chris on, uh, just much appreciate his time. Um, You know, uh, like Louis said, Make sure you go and visit thirdassist.com. Uh, find them on social media. Connect with them. Buy some of the products. I know I'm gonna get uh, my pre-order in for the Pennsylvania sweater when that when that hits. Um, you know, uh, just uh, when you guys listen to the podcast, uh, make sure you like, subscribe, rate us five stars. Um, uh, what am I missing? Twitter. Twitter. Thank you. Find us on Twitter um uh connect at with Penn's us there collective. at Penn's <laughs> collective i'm blanking i'm blanking it's I know. Great. um but no it just much appreciate uh all you guys um i will just throw something out there uh just uh keep your eye out on social media there will be a special announcement uh coming soon uh and again just want to say uh thank you to everyone and uh louis as always let's go pens